It's the Mind Matters Free Clinic with Dr. Joel Lowe, clinical psychologist and director at the Mind Psychological Services and Training. Now, via WhatsApp, Diana has written in. She says, my boyfriend has anxiety and panic attacks since a while with no signs or reason why it's happening. It hasn't affected our relationship, but it gets worrying when in the middle of a conversation, his hands start shaking and sweating and his heart starts pumping hard for no apparent reason. He's afraid to get help because he's afraid the record will affect his future. Please advise. All right. I've got a couple of things to blaze through, so I'm going to do it really quickly. First thing is that panic attacks do happen for no reason. And the reason why I say that is because there's oftentimes the trigger is yourself. Panic attacks happen because you are hyper aware about your body. You've had an episode of panic attacks, you've had it before in your life. So you're very hyper conscious about it happening again. So what happens is that you really focus on internally. So the instant your heart's beating is a little bit faster, you have a bit more um, bubble, um, you breathe a little bit faster, your heart beats a bit faster. Any simple signs or small signs about a panic attack happening will trigger another panic attack, right? So that's why it seems to happen. Now, in terms of going to see someone and getting a record, that's not going to happen because if you go to someone who is registered and uh, licensed and trained properly, confidentiality is a key part of our, what we do. So we will not share any of that information out. And if we do, we're going to get in trouble ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever you can, sh- you want to share in this room with the therapist, you know, you'll be fine, right? And that information will not get leaked out. There's some exemptions, of course, if there's any evidence of harm, for example. If you're harming yourself or someone's harming you, then we'll break it. But short of that, we'll keep everything confidential. So the records won't be leaked out. Right. So he really doesn't need to worry about this. Right. And the, the last thing that I want to share is panic attacks are something that can be managed behaviorally. So what I would encourage you to do is to go on YouTube and look out for uh, videos on mindfulness and deep breathing and relaxation strategies. And those are some really good, uh, there's some really good videos out there where they mm-hmm. give very guided uh, steps on how to manage the anxiety and the panic that you have through simple exercises. Practice those and you might see some elevations in the symptoms as well. If you have any mental health concerns for yourself or your loved one, please call us at 039543 You can WhatsApp us or drop us a voice note on our Digi Lightline 016-510-8888 or an Insta story at light.my. Coming up next, we've got a voice note over WhatsApp from Cindy who has concerns over her daughter's tantrums. That's next on Light right after Bruno Mars. It's My Matters Free Clinic and with me in the studio is Dr. Joelle Lowe, the clinical psychologist and director at the Mind Psychological Services and Training. Now, Cindy left us a voice note with her concern question about my daughter she's um, this year going to be four years old and um, we noticed that she her she constantly throw tantrums and that the tantrums that she throw is very excessive it will last for one hour plus and during the tantrum phase she will be um, sometimes uh, very aggressive beating and hitting the caretaker the parents or the brother um, she have a younger brother um, so she will not stop nothing will cool her down she just have to finish off that maybe one hour or something you can give her her favorite toy or anything she will throw it away and um, then later on when she's better she will want it back she will do a lot of things that's um, uh, very negative and we noticed that the first uh, first of first time this tantrum came was when she was one year eight or nine months I think when we suddenly had a change of environment for her when our maid ran away and we had to immediately put her in nursery and then she went hysterical her cry was non-stop she had to be admitted to hospital three times in and out and eventually we took her back home and 
did not continue nursery. So I'm not sure if that had a impact on her. But she, it's been years now, and now she's coming to four. She's still having tantrums on a daily basis. It's quite excessive. Now that I have a second child, the younger brother, I think the younger brother is normal, and her tantrums are not very normal. Also, I think it's also worth mentioning that she also has stammering issues. She speaks very well, but she just has stammering. And during normal times, she's very loving, very very fun playing, easygoing. But when she just have a tantrum, is anything can just tick her off. She's quite a, like a perfectionist child. Like things have to go her way. I I don't know. So is that a problem? If it is, uh, should I refer her to a child psychologist? Um, I think it's quite a unique case. I think the fact that you have periods, right? So there's some periods where she's okay, she's calm, she's happy, she's she's friendly and all that, and she's so so sociable. And then there's interspat with uh, the tantrums. I think given that that's happening, I'm wondering whether it's an uh, emotional regulation problem, uh, because you know kids are very young, their ability to communicate their frust- uh, frustrations, their emotions are still quite limited. So it's it might be possible that those tantrums are happening because she's frustrated about something. Because you said she was a perfectionist as well, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and she there's no other way for her to communicate that to you and that's her only way of um, telling you that she's upset that something's wrong uh, something's going on um, the fact that it goes on for such a long time makes me wonder whether there's something going on the fact that she likes things a certain way and it has to be her way that makes me wonder as well and I think given the fact that it's been going on for multiple years given the fact that age one she had to be hospitalized because she wouldn't stop crying um, makes me think that it might be a good idea to, to seek professional help just wow, in case yes. uh, just in case right I think for diagnostic purposes I think a child psychologist would be best just to see whether there's anything going on and right. once we've established let's say there is something wrong then we can find out what's the game plan if there's nothing wrong then perhaps we can send them to a counsellor to work on the emotional regulation issues and all that kind of things If you have any mental health concerns for yourself or your loved one please call us at 039543 You can WhatsApp us or drop us a voice note on our Digi Lightline 016-510-8888 or an Insta story at light.my Up next a concerned husband Maslan talks about how his wife and him are trying to figure out a way to break the news to their children that they're getting separated. That's next on Light after Shania Twain. It's Mind Matters Free Clinic with Dr. Joel Lowe, clinical psychologist and director at the Mind Psychological Services and Training. Now, we've received this message over WhatsApp from Maslan, and he says, My wife and I have decided to separate, and we would like your advice on how to break the news to our children who are in their early teen years. The separation is amicable, and we don't want the children to be too affected by this. So, um, Dr. Joel, it's not an easy one, is it? Uh, Maslan, first thing I want to say is, I'm sorry to hear what's going on. Um, obviously, that was never easy, right? And I think that last part of your question, you know, you don't want the kids to be too upset. I think it's 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 quite impossible. I think kids are naturally going to be upset, right? I mean, growing up, kids are going to see parents as their whole world, their whole universe, right? And to see the universe suddenly split in two, it's going to be rough, right? No matter who you are, what you are, and all that kind of good stuff. Um, in terms of how to break it to your kids, I think it's really important to give them the whole picture. And I think uh, you mentioned that your kids are early teens, so they're probably 13, 14, 15, right? That kind of age. Um, and the reason why I say they need to have the full picture is because kids mentally, developmentally, they're still a bit, uh, they're not there yet, right? So that means the way they think about things maybe a bit immature and all that kind of thing. So what we want to try and prevent is to for them to start thinking that they are mom and dad are breaking up because of us. Like we right. did something wrong and it's our fault and we, we fall a lot, we played a lot, that's why they're breaking up. And I think it's really important that the kids know why you guys are doing it, what's happening and mm-hmm. to tell them that, you know, despite everything that's happening, we're still here for you, we're still mom and dad, you know, that doesn't change. It's just that maybe living arrangements change or whatever it is. So that's the early phase, right? But I think from there on you need to keep an eye on them to make sure there's not many any changes that happen, any right. significant changes and if it is, you might need to get them 
um, some help or some support line. If you have any mental health concerns for yourself or your loved one, please call us at 039543 You can WhatsApp us or drop us a voice note on our Digi Light line 016-510-8888 or an Insta story at light.my. Up next, we have Fiona who is concerned about her apparent OCD about locking her car. That's next after Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers as well as Ed Sheeran on Light. It's the My Matters Free Clinic, and in the studio is Dr. Joelle Lowe, a clinical psychologist and director at the Mind Psychological Services and Training. On the phone, we have Fiona. So, Fiona, you've got a question for Dr. Joelle? I have this, I don't know, I don't know whether it's a habit or it's a sickness, okay. but I have this problem, like, you know, after work, when I go back home, I lock my car and I go up to my house. Okay. You know, after, like, say, like, three, four hours, then suddenly I will, like, think of like my like suddenly I'll remember my car and I'll be like wondering whether did I lock my car did I lock my car and I have to come down and double check and this doesn't happen like once or twice it happens like practically every day Mm. and sometimes Mm. just like 2-3 o'clock in the morning also if I suddenly if I get up and then I'll just think about something and then I'll remember like oh my god I have to go and check my car and I have to come down to check my car whether it's locked or not and same goes to my house also even though I've locked it I'll still like get up in the middle of the night go and check whether my house is locked Mm -hmm. like two three times I have to do that and it's like every day okay Okay. so I just want to know whether is this a sickness or okay can I I ask really quickly so when you say when you check your car so let's say you come back home it's 5pm you check it once at 6pm is that all or do you check it again at 8pm and then 1 o'clock in the morning 3 o'clock in the morning or multiple times I know it's like like I checked around. So say I come back at five o'clock, then I yep. check my I mean lock my car. Yep. Then like say around seven o'clock, suddenly if I remember about my car, ah. I just come down and I will check whether okay. it's locked or not. Okay. Then if it's like two three o'clock in the morning, I'm like not sure. Okay. Whether when I checked it at seven, whether it was it locked or did I re- I opened and I relocked it back again? Okay. You know okay. that thing goes on in my mind. Yeah, again. yeah. I think I don't I don't think it's an illness or anything, but I think you've got a lot of anxiety. Like I think that's what's fueling it. Like so, same goes with your car and your house. So there's this fear that something bad might happen to your car someone might break into your house and that kind of thing right I don't think you're at the level where it's an illness yet but I think definitely there's a lot of anxiety and I think okay. also it's about um, being mi- mindful about things that we're doing what I mean by being mindful is that sometimes when we come back home we're tired after a long day at work we park our car we just faster we say okay I want to go back home right now I want to start the laundry I want to cook or whatever it is and then mm. we, we're not paying attention to what we're doing uh-huh. so perhaps okay. a really good uh, trick for you right so when you come back home you lock your car right when you lock your yeah. car do something along with it so when you lock your car either start singing a song or you take a piece of candy from your from your pocket or something and eat that candy so the reason why I'm asking you to do this is because it's so atypical it's so different right immediately your mind switches on it starts paying attention so you'll be able to focus on the fact that yes here I am locking my car um, okay this uh-huh. is done right so then the memory of you eating the sweet or singing the song is going to be in your head and then you're going to know oh, yeah I sang that song I hit that candy because I locked the car right so that's going to help a little bit oh, with the anxiety okay. in that sense lah, right um, uh, same goes okay. with your locking your, your house as well um, but I think if it gets worse so sometimes these kind of things can progress as well so it means you're getting more anxious about multiple things not just about your car and your house then maybe uh-huh. it's becoming a bigger issue then you might have to see someone but I think for now you're still okay just being more uh, mindful to what you're doing and that, that's important right now lah. If you have any mental health concerns for yourself or your loved one please call us at 039543 you can WhatsApp us or drop us a voice note on our Digi Light line 016-510-8888 or an Insta story at light.my. Next up, we have Lynn who has concerns about being a bit conmarried out. Now, clearing out her stuff is giving her anxiety. We'll talk to Dr. Joel about that right after Amy Grant and Glenn Medeiros on Light.
It's the Mind Matters Free Clinic with Dr. Joelle Lowe, a clinical psychologist and director at the Mind Psychological Services and Training. So we've got a question lastly today from Lynn, who says that the Marie Kondo method of cleaning clutter is giving her anxiety. Wow, KonMari anxiety. Anxiety pon Mari. She says, I'm not a hoarder, but I find it really hard to tidy up and throw things away. It fills me with dread, anxiety, and I put it off and procrastinate, and my house is not clutter-free free does not give me joy and i am stressed out about it how do i get over this yeah i think um obviously that mary kondo and the philosophy that she she proposes you know it's it's a good philosophy right and i think for a lot of people it's something worth aspiring towards i don't know if you've seen pictures of a house but it's immaculate right it's amazingly yeah. clean and wonderful looks ultimately you have to do what you want to do right i think because if you're going to aspire towards a lifestyle or a, a way of living that's not you i mean on it's very natural for you to have that anxiety you know It's different if you have a hoarding problem, right? If you have, you are a, a hoarder collector, and your house is super cluttered, and you can't live a life, and there are roaches running around, then yeah, then then it's a different issue. But if you're if you live a normal life, you've got stuff lying around, it's not the neatest in the world, and you're okay with that. I think there's no need to add on, pile on, add the pressure on yourself, and make yourself, you know, overburdened by the fact that oh, I, oh, it's so cool, I need to live a life like that, I need to be like. And I think this speaks to a larger problem of us wanting to be who we are not. I think right, yeah, um, and. Whenever that's a big gap lah between who we really are and who we want to be, it's mm-hmm. very um, anxiety provoking. And I think you know it's something that we don't need to have. I think we right. need to understand why we want it. Backtrack from there. It's interesting, you know, uh, Dr. Joel, because I think I may be suffering from this similar mindset with regards to clutter and uh, dreading to throw things away. I want to declutter, but I can't seem to. I mean, almost everything brings me joy. So what do I do? I, I think when you say you can't, you know, I think it's important to figure out why you can't. Is it because The stuff that you have has too much meaning. You know, is it because you know I am I I I work eight hours a day and I come back home and I'm not like I can't be fussed to do it. So I think that's important. That's always the first battle in that sense, like finding right. out why is it that you want to do what you want to do, and that really helps pave the way like, to success or failure like, in that sense, right? I guess in my case, then I'll just have to get the energy to spring clean. I guess it's a good opportunity that Chinese New Year is coming up. <laughs> <laughs> or take a long holiday and slowly get your way there, right? All right. <laughs> On light.